The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. I'll tell you what I did was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play! Off to the races! Some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben. Free agency is fun, and it's really fun for fantasy. We get to react to a lot of great stuff, and we've got running back news. James Conner and Chase Edmonds are no longer teammates. Edmonds to the Dolphins. Conner back to the Arizona Cardinals. We'll talk about Christian Kirk, Mitchell Trubisky, and so much more. I'm Adam Azer with Jamie Eisenberg and Dave Richard. How you guys doing? You keeping up with everything? Feel feel good? It's actually been a slow day. <laughs> I, I mean, guess in a sense. It's been a slow day. Right. We haven't had that big blockbuster trade, but that's not supposed to happen now. That won't get announced till I guess, the official league New Year. It's been interesting. Just yeah, a but little underwhelming at times. I mean, like, it's like five guys that are relevant to us. Mm, five guys. <laughs> well, what if... Imagine Brady came back, Rodgers came back, and Russell Wilson got traded today. In addition, well, I mean, then the world would explode, but that was last week. (laughs) Right. It's been spread out. I'm going to give you fun facts about the free agents we'll be talking about on today's show. Fun fact James Conner played six games without Chase Edmonds in 2021. He was the number two running back in fantasy in those games behind only Jonathan Taylor. He was incredibly good, incredibly. not efficient, proficient, I'd say. Uh, fun fact, Chase Edmonds. He's going to go from a team last year in Arizona that was the second-worst run-blocking team in football to a team that was the third-worst run-blocking football uh, run-blocking team he in football. He likes the challenge. He sure does. And he's been good per carry. Uh, he has nine games with double-digit carries. In those nine games, if you take his per-game average, put it on 2021, he would have been RB8. That's how That's how Some of those games were... Massive, like he was a game wrecker a couple of times. Two, yeah, especially yeah. the first one, that three touchdown game in 2019 against the Giants. Uh, Christian Kirk, fun fact, he likes he's, playing the Giants. He, yeah, uh, he's never been on pace for a thousand receiving Did he ever yards. Play the Jets? Chase Edmonds, probably not. So there you go. Okay, he's from Fordham, so he'll do well. Yeah, Christian Kirk has never been on pace for a thousand receiving yards in 17 games. Look at it this year, getting a big. You think so? Yeah. Please stay healthy. Okay. Got a big deal. He better he better live up to it. <laughs> he got a lot of money. <laughs> and then good for him. Uh fun fact on Trubisky, numbers better than I remembered. In his last three seasons in Chicago, he was on pace 17 games for between 3,800 and 4,100 yards all three years, on pace for 29, 21, and 32 touchdowns. And then he had a season where he was on pace for 511 rushing yards, 244, 315 rushing yards. I would say you could make the argument he was better than Ben Roethlisberger if you just look at the numbers, the last two seasons of Ben Roethlisberger. 
So I hope those facts were fun. Let's do some winners and well, losers. Well, wait a minute. You Did you give the last two seasons for Roethlisberger? No, I thought it'd be a little jumbled. but Well, you, you did the 17-game paces for him. And yeah. he came to more yards, more touchdowns, and fewer interceptions than Trubisky. No, in 2020, but not in 21. No, not in 21. 21. I thought it was the two years combined. My bad. No, no, yeah. 2020, Roethlisberger yeah. was much better. No, there's, there's no question it is, it is an upgrade for Pittsburgh. I uh, I don't know if I'd go to that. You think so? It's an over upgrade? 2021 Ben Roethlisberger. Yes. Okay. Is it the best they could have done? Well, an upgrade. Definitely not. Like, and and I I still expect them to take a quarterback. Mm-hmm. All right, let's rock and roll. Three winners, three losers. Dave, give me three winners. Uh, Zeke Sandu is the biggest winner of them all. He is Christian Kirk's agent. So. He's- <laughs> Not not only is he a huge winner, but any wide receiver that's due for a new contract, Devontae Adams, chief among them, they're also huge winners. Uh, another receiver who's a winner is Rondell Moore. No Christian Kirk in Arizona. And so far, just Zach Ertz and DeAndre Hopkins there. Moore's going to get a legit chance. I think Connor's a winner. Before free agency, we weren't sure where he'd go and what role he'd have for now. Uh, you got to figure that he's going to be close to a lead back for the Arizona Cardinals. So I think he's absolutely in the conversation of being drafted somewhere around round three could be a little too high, a little too steep, but people are going to be looking for running backs at that point. He might be one of the last best ones there. And the Bengals offense, this offensive line that they've got cooking up now with Alex Kappa, who's not bad. And Ted Karras, he's not bad. Those they're their improvements. It's going to be better. If you give Burrow more time, he's going to be more efficient as a passer. Nixon will be able to be more efficient as a runner. This is an offense that should be a lot of fun. Yeah, I had no idea who that first winner you said was, Christian Kirk. I was like, who is this a player I should know? It was Christian Kirk's agent. Very funny. Christian Kirk, four years, $84 million with the Jaguars. Jamie, how about you? Who are some winners for you? Well, Trevor Lawrence, he gets, uh, you know, an upgraded weapon. I don't think it's the best receiver out there, but it's probably the best receiver who is available in terms of, you know, age and hopeful production, but they certainly overpaid for him. Um, Jarvis Landry is a winner because he leaves Cleveland. So I like that for him. He could land in a spot that's going to hopefully help his fantasy value. And Michael Carter, because the Jets got help on their offensive line. So I think Carter hopefully will benefit as uh, he should be the lead guy there for the Jets, but probably still being somewhat of a committee. But he benefits with uh, the additional help on the offensive line. So the offensive line stuff, Dave alluded to with the Bengals. The Bengals had one of the worst lines last year. They signed two interior linemen, Tampa Bay guard Alex Kappa, four years, $40 million. And New England interior lineman Ted Karras, both of them now on the Bengals, three years, eighteen million for Karras. And the Jets, they're going to sign Lakin Tomlinson coming over from the 49ers to a three-year deal that could be worth up to forty-one point two million dollars, twenty-seven million guaranteed. I believe Tomlinson is a top fifteen or twenty free agent on CBSSports.com and our top one hundred. So that was a nice signing for the Jets, who are really investing heavily. And if every if these guys, these young guys, get better, they might end up with a good offensive line. We'll, we'll see. They need they need Beckton to be in shape. They, they need, need Beckton. Yeah, they definitely need him to uh, to bounce back after a promising rookie season, kind of a disappointing second season. Okay, how about some losers, Jamie? Who's a loser? Oh, actually, hold on. I know who's a loser. <laughs> Florida Gators couldn't even make the tournament. Are you kidding me? Oh, boy. I mean, geez. Rough, rough year. Lost yeah. their coach, too. Oh, man. Probably lost yeah, to LSU, Georgia. which is ridiculous. I think anyone who played LSU should get a win. You believe this? The fact that LSU let this guy coach, ridiculous. 
Ridiculous. One of the most crazy things I've ever seen in sports. I, unbelievable. But I digress. It's bracket time. Join our fantasy football today bracket challenge. All right. We want you to compete with us. I'm going to be in there. Dave, Jamie, Heath, Chris, we're all going to be in there. We want you to play against us. Join us at cbssports.com slash FFT brackets. That should be working now. I know some people had some trouble. If you're having trouble, tweet me, email me, whatever. cbssports.com slash FFT brackets. The winner gets a spot in the 2022 Listeners League and a $100 gift card to Paramount+. Plus. That's even better than being in the Podcast League. A $100 gift card to Paramount+. Plus. Um, and who enters just one pool? You can also create a group to compete against friends and fill out your bracket for the chance to win a trip to the 2023 Final Four. That might be even better than being in the Podcast League, too. You can play on the CBS Sports app or at cbsports.com slash FFT brackets. And if you need help filling out your brackets or if you want some reaction to free agency... Go to CBS Sports HQ. We got you covered there. Nonstop coverage of every game from every region of the NCAA tournament. Leave it to the experts this year. We know you might be rusty after taking last year off, so stream CBS Sports HQ all week long. All right. Well, I had to talk about the LSU thing. Mind-blowing stuff. Three losers. LSU. I'm rooting against. I hope they lose in the first round. Three losers. Uh, Jamie, go ahead. Uh, the first one from today, I think, is Chase Claypool. You know, you look at uh, the probability of where Mitch Trubisky is going to go, and it's, I'm going to guess, still Deontay Johnson. And so, you know, this I don't think is going to necessarily enhance Chase Claypool's game. I, w- I was hopeful they would get somebody that would enhance his downfield ability and bring out the best of Chase Claypool. And, and, and Trubisky might, you know, I, I don't want to necessarily just write it off, but it just feels like if there's, you know, of, of a quarterback going someplace, and a guy who may still be a little bit capped, it feels like Chase Claypool is is probably that guy. Um, I think it's going to be LaVisca Chenault's the biggest loser in Jacksonville of the Christian Kirk signing. But I wonder if, you know, and, and again, it's such a copycat league, if he gets kind of a, a Debo Samuel-type treatment or a Cordero Patterson-type treatment where they use him in the backfield, especially if Robinson is not right, and so maybe pairing him with Travis Etienne in the backfield, which means Etienne could be a loser if that happens. But I think Chenault probably is just going to get a little bit uh, more phased out than he's already been. Not that he was a you know significant player, but you know you're just looking at the signings here and and, and the moves that happened today because I think that's what we're focusing on. Um, Chenault, and then I guess the other one would be Miles Gaskin. You know, just because clearly the Dolphins are are moving on from him uh, in terms of what they're looking at. But I mean, if you're talking about the 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 process of of the week, um, you know, Amari Cooper feels like a loser of the guys we talked about yesterday. Um, you know anybody left in Seattle feels like a loser. Is Deontay <laughs> Johnson a winner or a loser for you, or I or think nothing? Kind of this, like I didn't move him. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know he 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 was uh he's he's fifteenth in PPR. I think you know running the same range non PPR. Uh, I didn't move him. I didn't move Kirk either. You know I had Kirk uh, just outside the the number three receiver range. So these guys, I I kind of expected you know a quarterback like Trubisky for for the Steelers, and I expected Kirk to end up in a spot where he was going to get featured a little bit more. So I, I kind of uh. Kept them in the same spots. Dave, I'm going to ask if you agree with this statement here from Derek Richard in our chat. Five guys has the best jalapenos in the game. I am not qualified to answer that question. Mm. Can't remember the last time I had jalapenos on a five guys burger. If I've ever had uh, jalapenos <laughs> on a five guys burger. Well, this is but your now I've Derek been given Richard. a reason to go to five yeah, guys. Yeah. So, so check it I'm out. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, what do you think about 
losers. What do you think about? Them? Do you like them? <laughs> Who I, are I they? try and stay away <laughs> from them, Adam. I don't want to be around losers. Thank you very much. I, I I'm worried about Chase Edmonds. I do expect Miami to add another running back. You think about Mike McDaniel being from San Francisco. 49ers have made it their mission to find different running backs every single year and rotate the position every single game. Edmonds is going to be a good passing downs back. Might be their best running back for fantasy in Miami, but I wouldn't get too excited about him going there. I expect them to add somebody else. And the bigger and more physical that other running back that they add is, the lower the ceiling gets for Chase Edmonds, especially in half PPR and non-PPR. Allen Robinson hasn't signed anywhere yet, but the three teams rumored to be sniffing around him are the Lions, Browns, and Chiefs. I don't know how he's going to put up huge numbers at any of those places, given the other receivers that they have. If he wants to chase a ring, Kansas City makes a lot of sense. If he wants to go back home, the Lions make sense. Maybe the Browns have a lot of money to give him. I have no idea. I know somebody in that organization that does love Allen Robinson, has loved him ever since he came out. Maybe they're thinking about trying to make it work with him and Baker Mayfield, but I don't think Allen Robinson's going to end up being um, that great there. And then I don't know if I have a third loser yet, um, I know that Cole Beasley's on the move. I don't expect him to land in a spot where he's going to be anywhere near as good in PPR as Buffalo. Same thing with Emmanuel Sanders. These are old names. They're not exciting names. So I don't know if they're, they qualify as even losers. I'll come up with a third guy, though. Uh, Kirk might be the loser. I know that he, he's got a good opportunity in Jacksonville, but I don't know if he's a number one guy. I'll go with Kirk as my loser. I did move him down a little bit. I moved Deontay Johnson down a tad, too. I'm just worried about both of their respective situations. Kirk not being able to fulfill the role of a number one receiver. That's the expectation now, given the money that they paid him in Jacksonville. And Deontay Johnson, I I could swing back the other way on that one, depending on who the Steelers draft at quarterback. Yeah, you know, Kirk hasn't had that much opportunity to be a number one receiver, but he did play eight games without Hopkins. I mean, technically it was... I took, you know, remember the Green Bay game? Hopkins was in and out of the lineup. I counted that as a game without DeAndre Hopkins. He barely played. So in those eight games without Hopkins, his 17-game pace, Christian Kirk was 91 catches, 1,029 yards, only two touchdowns. He actually caught more touchdowns with Hopkins than without him on 123 targets. But with Hopkins, he was on pace for 85 targets. Without Hopkins playing, he was on pace for 123 targets. So he did get kind of number one treatment. Not not Uber number one, but, you know, he was better. He was heavily targeted. He had a lot of good games. Um, and, you know, Jamie, last week, I think, if I remember correctly, I said something like, does there look like a free agent destination where you can be the number one, where a wide receiver could go, be the number one option, and be on a good passing offense? And it didn't really seem that way. Felt like the number one options were not on great offenses, great opportunities. Maybe Jacksonville I know it's, they were the worst offense in football last year. <laughs> so it would take a lot. But could they be? Do you think they they have a, a realistic chance of actually being a good passing offense? All it would require would be the, this amazing prospect taking a big year, big leap in year two, which happens all the time. So maybe this is a great destination for Kirk in the most optimistic view. 100%. I mean, you know, and, and there, there's several things that have changed since the end of last season. Doug Peterson is a huge upgrade of what the coaching staff was a year ago. They they like Cam Robinson. I don't know if I like Cam Robinson, but they like Cam Robinson, so they solidified their left tackle, at least as of now. Uh, they bring in Brandon Scherf, so the offensive line got better since the end of the offseason. They didn't lose Cam Robinson, so 
you know, they don't necessarily have to go the rookie route if they don't want to. Um, and now you bring in an upgraded target, you know, to whatever degree it was. And I'm going to say upgraded target from the standpoint of where they were. You go. I don't even know if he's better than DJ Chark in terms of Christian Kirk, but he's better yeah. than what they had at the end of last season where it was Chris Conley, you know, uh, no, no, not yeah, Chris Conley playing a, um, no, uh, Conley was in Houston. Yeah, Conley was in Houston. What am I thinking? You're was thinking like, of Laquan Treadwell. They're kind of interchangeable. I'm, yeah. Uh, who am I? Laquan Treadwell. You're thinking of tall, slowish receivers. Um, Marvin Jones, too. I didn't mention him. Yeah, it's it's just a receiving core that was uninspiring. Sure. And so, yes. you know, Kirk is, I think the numbers kind of that you alluded to, you know, 1,002. I, I would put it at probably like 1,005, 1,006. You know, so he's not going to, you know, dramatically change the fantasy landscape of what he is. I mean, uh, you know, you said never had a thousand yard season. His his uh, his average receiving yards per game is fifty one. He needs fifty eight in a seventeen game season to get to a thousand. So it's not like that's going to you know a significant leap. Right, and, and so a thousand yard receiving it, isn't the best fantasy receiver. Yeah, it's not that he. It wasn't just that he hadn't had a thousand yard receivers that uh, season. It's that he's never been on pace for a thousand yards in seventeen games, and he just got paid like, like someone. Well, he got paid way been. too much. You know, Jacksonville. You know, there's the Jalen Ramsey backing up the Brinks truck a couple years ago. That's what Jacksonville did today in reverse. You know, so they just paid everybody. They paid Scherf. You know, they paid the two defensive guys. They paid Christian Kirk. Um, it, it's what you can do when you have a, a quarterback on a rookie deal. You know, you can you can go wild in, in free agency. And I don't know if they did it the necessarily the smart way. Like, I probably would have liked to get two receivers for Christian Kirk's money as opposed to just paying Christian Kirk that. But this is his opportunity. You know, this is his opportunity to take advantage of it. And if Trevor Lawrence is good, then Christian Kirk is going to be good. Is he going to be great? I don't think so, but I think he'll be good. Yeah, they spent $75 million. Look, they're not necessarily going to pay all this out, but two defensive players, Foye Aluakon, a linebacker, three years, $40 million. And then the one that's even harder to pronounce, Foley Fatukasi, defensive lineman, formerly of the Jets, three years, $30 million with $20 million guaranteed. So the, the Jaguars were definitely aggressive. But Brandon Scherf, who Jamie just sort of alluded to, one of the best linemen on the market, was with Washington for his entire plays. yeah yeah was with Washington for his entire career, uh, what was he like a sixth overall pick or something way back in the day, and he is now on the Jaguars so that's that's no small deal if he's healthy. All right, we got to talk about Connor and Edmonds. We haven't really talked about them. We will rank them. Find out where you guys have James Connor and Chase Edmonds when we come back after this break on fantasy football today. What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603. For complete details. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back. So as I mentioned, James Conner played six games without Chase Edmonds last year. That included one game where Edmonds played technically, played one snap. In those six games, he was over 20 fantasy points per game in non-PPR. I think he was over 20. Maybe I, maybe I have it a little bit mixed up. Um, I think he may have been over 25 PPR fantasy points per game. That's how good he was. It was insane. He was the number two running back, James Conner, without Edmonds. So where do you guys have James Conner ranked? Dave? I am 17th, which is playing more to the downside than the upside, of course. And it's still with the expectation that Arizona will add somebody to their running back group. But not somebody, somebody who's like Chase Edmonds, someone who can play on passing downs, not somebody who's going to take James Conner off the field in roles that he proved that he could handle. We know that he's still a candidate to get hurt. Every running back is, but Conner especially, and he did toward the end of last season. And he's got plenty of upside, but you know what the downside is too. It's pretty basic. Late round three, early round four, right when you get to the start of that dead zone for running backs. I've got him on the lip of that. Jamie, so Dave has him 17th. Yeah, 13 for me. I would take him early round three. You know, I think you saw the the upside. And, you know, this offense is still, uh, obviously, I, I I expect if Kyler is right, you know, if Kyler is is not going to be a holdout and, and shows up and not complaining about his deal, then this offense still has a chance to be special. Um, you saw the production last year. Uh, we'll see what they do to add somebody. I think they're, they're definitely not done. So that's clearly going to be the thing that changes it. But if they don't bring in anybody else and and they kind of go with, you know, another retread or they go with, you know, Benjamin in that second role, uh, James Conner was just ridiculous. And this is a team now that needs pass catchers, you know, and so what he did as a uh, as a receiver out of the backfield last year and certainly was underrated from what his time was in Pittsburgh. Uh, there's a lot to love about James Conner. So I don't know if he'll reach the heights that he did in that five game stretch without Chase Edmonds, but I don't know if it'll be that far off. And so he's a borderline number one running back as it stands right now. He, though, had only seven catches in nine games that Chase Edmonds played. So it was a huge difference. And I assume we're going to have to just watch how this backfield develops and obviously things are subject to change. What do you make of his yards per carry? Sorry to say it, but it was putrid. 3.7 yards per carry. It's Mm -hmm. not not the type of player that you really want to bank on. It was a career low. And as I mentioned, they were the second worst run blocking team in football. But at the same time, Chase Edmonds averaged 5.1 yards per carry. Uh, he was much better than James Conner. So uh, Conner had 15 rushing touchdowns. In other words, there's there are some warning signs here, Dave. And what do you yes. think about that? He better keep scoring touchdowns and he better have a bigger role in the passing game. And if he does those things, then he will be a top 10 running back by the end of the year, assuming he stays healthy. Can he get 50? Can he average a touchdown per game again? I'm going to bet against that. That's why he's 17th. Right. And Okay. And so let's do some Connor or Connor or Josh Jacobs. I have Jacobs. I'll take Connor. Connor or Cam Akers. Connor. I have Connor. Jamie, are you... Are you nervous about ranking Connor that high, 13th? Not now. I mean, again, depending on who else they, they bring in, then yes. But as it stands today, no. Okay. This team is the master of one-yard and two-yard touchdown runs. I would love to know if, they, if there's a way to find out which team has the most of those. But it's two years in a I row. Bet we can. Kenyon Drake, 
and Kyler Murray two years ago, James Conner and Kyler Murray in 2021. But I would say, I mean, Conner with those 15 touchdowns, I mean, that was a ton and really a lot to expect. He had nine rushing touchdowns from one or two yards out. The year before that, Kenyon Drake had eight rushing touchdowns from one or two yards out. And that's dealing with Kyler Murray, too. It's kind of crazy. Um, shall we move on to Chase Edmonds? Jamie, where you have Chase Edmonds ranked? Uh, 26, I believe, right now. In full PPR, I assume. Yes. Okay. He was 27th per game last year. And Dave, where do you have Chase Edmonds ranked? 34th. Oh. Low end number three running back. This is an interesting spot. And it wasn't a ton of money. Six million guaranteed, six point one million guaranteed. So I guess you guys are just thinking he's a third down back. I mean, does, does he lead the team in carries? <laughs> There's another one we have to see what they do. He may lead the team in carries. He should almost certainly lead the running backs in receptions. He is a passing downs back at bare minimum, and that's a good role for fantasy, but we've rarely seen him in short yardage goal line situations. I don't know what this offensive line is going to look like. It, it, we've, we've seen it from the Niners, and I'm going to refer to the Niners a lot when we talk both about the Dolphins and the Jets, just because the coaches that are there now, they're from San Francisco. They've worked with Kyle Shanahan for a long time. I believe they have the same types of philosophies, and I think that you will see the offensive line get worked on this offseason, not necessarily big splash moves in free agency. The Dolphins haven't made any yet as of this recording. They can find guys that can do the zone, the outside zone running, that aren't necessarily high-ticket type players. And I, I don't know for sure if Chase Edmonds does well in that type of scheme. My guess is that Mike McDaniel has had a pretty good look at Chase Edmonds over his career since they play in the same division, and he recognized that he can do those things as well as catch passes out of the backfield well, and he's going to put him in that role. But he'll share it. And I doubt he gets a lot of touchdowns because that's who Chase Edmonds has been when he hasn't been pushed into 20-plus carries a game. And I doubt that that's the case in Miami. Yeah, when he's at work, it's usually been in the 11 to 12 carry range. There's been a few games where he's been 15 or more. Jamie, what do you think about Chase Edmonds and and this this marriage of Chase Edmonds and the Dolphins? I think you should be excited because this is the guy the Dolphins clearly targeted. You know, they didn't have to spend very much, as you said, but the first running back that was signed this offseason was Chase Edmonds, and it was signed to a team that has a pretty obvious need based on what we saw last year. Uh, they are obviously going to retool their offensive line. I don't think that uh, goes without question. Um, they went into this process, I believe, in top three in cap space available. So who knows who they make a run at that's still on the market. You know, Teron Armstead is certainly a name that, you know, maybe they go and make a call to. Um, but the the draft is, is still, you know, a spot that they're going to be, I'm sure, aggressive in. And so I don't think that this is going to be the backfield as it stands with, you know, uh, Edmonds and Gaskin and Savan Ahmed and, you know, Duke Johnson, if they decide to bring him back in, in any capacity. But I think it kind of tells you what they're thinking, you know, so we'll see if a rookie ends up there. We'll see if another, you know, player signs there, a retread guy. And, and I wouldn't rule out a former San Francisco running back going there, as we've talked about. But they seem to be excited about him uh, to whatever capacity. And so we'll see what that means for his role moving forward. Well, what's Chase Edmonds ceiling? Top 20. I feel like it, it would be there are a few injuries and they have no choice but to make him a 15 to 20 touch guy. And then he could be really good. Uh, but yeah, I guess if I he can hold up. I guess I just don't see a scenario where he's. I don't know that anybody views him as a uh, primary running back. Sure. Right. I, I remember talking about it him last might. year as they might. 
I remember talking about him last year as a potential thousand yard, five touchdown running back and a thousand yards being total yards just based on per game averages that I thought he could hit after his first three years in the league. He only played in 12 games, but he had 903 yards, 903 divided by 12. Adam, you could probably tell me what that is, but I'm sure that's on pace for a significant amount of yardage. He has to stay healthy and he's got to, you know, if he, if he gets catches consistently, then I've got him too low. But I don't think it's much higher than 30 that I would put him at if if I was certain that he was going to last and be locked into that passing downs role. So Chase Edmonds, if he had 903 total yards last year, as Dave Richard claims that he did, uh, I really put it in 11 games because he played one snap in one game. And if that's the case, his 17-game pace was 1,396 total yards, which would be freaking great. Um, want to throw this out at you. Tua Tagovailoa has not really thrown to his running backs. If you look at his rookie season, Ryan Fitzpatrick threw to his running backs uh, 21.4% of the time, Tua 15.4% of the time. If you just look at Miles Gaskin, Miles Gaskin had uh, 25 catches in five games that Tua missed or barely played. It was a game against Buffalo in week two. Tua played like four Ford passes from most of Miles Gaskin's production in the passing game came with Jacoby Brissett, including a 10 catch game. He only had two games all year with uh, Tua Vailoa that in which he had more than three catches. So this has been a through two years, a thing where the backup quarterback has thrown more to the running backs than Tua. And he just hasn't really done that much. Does that matter to you? Or do you think, uh, well, just whatever small sample size. That I mean, they, it, they, it, that it shouldn't matter. And Mike McDaniel, you know, the 49ers don't throw to their primary running back as much either, but, you know, we've never seen him as the lead play caller, and we've never seen him as a lead play caller with Tua. So to go get a guy like this, you know, is he yeah. going to change what he does? Is he going to change what Tua does? That remains to be seen. You know, so Chase Edmonds does not profile as what the typical 49ers running back has been. Right. So why make this move? You know, do they make this move because they're going to try and fit him into that spot, make him work in that spot, or are they going to try and alter some of the things that they do to maybe enhance Tua, give him some easier throws, some easier reads, you know, not necessarily trying to force the ball into guys like we saw the last couple of seasons, which has not exactly been the best situation for him. Is Mike McDaniel going to evolve as a play caller, you know? So those are all things that you have to sort of evaluate. So I don't think you want to draft Chase Edmonds as a starter. It's a matter of, I think, how you compare him to most of the uh, retread type of guys, the Miles Sanders, the Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, you know, those, those caliber players that are probably going to have as much upside and as much downside as him comparing him to Kareem Hunt or Tony Pollard or AJ Dillon, those type of guys that need an injury. But if they get that injury, they're going to be superstars, you know, so it's a matter of how you want to build your team, you know, so Edmonds right now looks like the best running back in Miami. Does that appeal to you? If it does, you'll draft him in that round six range. If it doesn't appeal to you, then you'll wait and probably see if you can get him around or two later. In a PPR league, would you rather have AJ Dillon or Chase Edmonds? Edmonds right now. Dylan for Dave and Edmonds for Jamie. Would you rather have, I mean, is Michael Carter just completely not in yes. this discussion way ahead? Yes. Okay. How about, let me just check your rankings so I don't say something stupid like Jonathan Taylor or something like that. <laughs> How, uh, Travis Etienne or Chase Edmonds? Etienne right now. Same. How about, all right, you know what? I think that's fine. Do one more. Damian Harris. Harris. Okay. I want to go back to Connor. I think he's much more interesting than Edmonds, obviously. 
felt like he was done, you know, felt like he was on his last. I, I feel like there's major bust potential here. Maybe I'm beating a dead horse. But like I said, a lot of warning signs, I think. I don't want to compare him to Mike Davis because he's had a much more successful career than Mike Davis. And I don't want to compare him to Miles Gaskin either. But I do believe that if you're just a bad running back, you can and will eventually lose your job to someone that we never expected, like Cordero Patterson or Duke Johnson or something like that. You think Connors in the line of those guys? No, I, like I said, I don't want to compare him, but I I do not think that it's out of the question that he's headed that way. Because um, he was, I mean, I'm so, I, I hate to be the YPC guy, but 3.7 yards per carry is really bad. He was a top five running back last year. I don't know the last time a running back averaged 3.7 yards per carry and was top five. Uh, it, five years ago, Melvin Gordon did it or four years ago, at 3.9 yards per carry. And by the way, Najee Harris did it this year at 3.9. But it's just, you don't see this type of production from that inefficient of a guy. And like I, and very few big plays. It just feels like a running back in decline, mm-hmm. like I said. And if they don't use him in the passing game, if they don't, if they do, then whatever, because Kyler throws to his running backs all the time. But if they bring in a Chase Evans-like player and he's strictly a running back, a running's down, running downs guy, then you could be having Kenyon Drake from two years ago and Drake was fine, but he was not even a top 20 running back per game. And he was pretty much someone you didn't really want to start in full PPR. So, I don't know. I, I think I already said all this. but, but I, You're hammering the point home. I guess so. Do yeah. you remember Mark Ingram's big year in Baltimore? Yeah. This is, kind of feels like that. Not only from the front of he scored a lot of touchdowns. Three of his touchdowns were through the air. He averaged 10 yards per catch. This is Connor last year that I'm talking about. So he had a wildly efficient year catching the football. If I'm going to pull my best Heath Cummings impersonation here, but if he regresses back from that, those numbers are going to sink. And if he doesn't score literally 15 rushing touchdowns again, then his numbers are going to go down some more. And he had 202 carries over 15 games. I think the I think if you pulled everybody now, and said, how many carries is James Conner going to get if he stays healthy? You're going to figure that he gets way more than 202. So I, I, I get your point completely. I still think that he's got a shot to be that guy in terms of touchdowns. We don't know who they're going to add at running back there to, to help with the passing downs work, if they add anybody at all. The one thing I know for sure is that they, they let Chase Edmonds go. Edmonds, you said it, he didn't cost a lot for the Dolphins' assignment. It wasn't a lucrative deal on the Christian Kirk scale. Hmm. So they, they could have kept him. And well, they King's didn't. said at the combine, they weren't keeping both. Right. So they, they, they made their choice and it was Connor over Edmonds and I get it. And that makes me think that they're going to lean on Connor again, that that's the new identity of their run game. Yeah, they are. They're going to try. All right. Yeah. Anything but to add? like I, it's, just, I, it's, just I hard, it's hard to overlook the touches and the work they gave him when Edmonds was out, you know? So, Depending on who they bring in, you know, it was it was just such a great opportunity for him. And there were some highs, obviously, and, and the passing game work is is really where I, I look at the most is that's the area that they really increased his production because he wasn't doing that when Edmonds was on the field. But when Ed, Edmonds was not there, and now you take away A.J. Green, you take away Christian Kirk, and so we'll see what they do in their receiving core. But it wasn't like, okay, there's no t- – remember we kept saying, okay, maybe this is Rondell Moore's opportunity to have some more bigger role in the passing game, but it wasn't. I remember. It was Connor. So it's not like Rondell Moore all of a sudden slots into that spot. And so if he's in the neighborhood of, I'll say, four catches per game, you know, you look at it, he was over five catches per game. There was a nine-catch game in there. But if he's in the neighborhood of four catches per game, that's going to really solidify his fantasy production. I would have absolutely no hesitation, really, if 
if they don't replace Edmonds with something substantial. If they bring in a guy that's an obvious third down guy, then I think my argument gets, you know, gets better <laughs> just because I can't imagine that they want to overwork James Conner because there is an injury track record. It's an injury track record that goes back to Pittsburgh. I mean, you know, it's not like it was yeah. just last year where he missed time. Um, and you know, the point about his, his carries, you know, why, why it, it, it increased. There also was, you know, and we had this conversation, you know, he had some games where there was blowouts early in the season and he was the one that was killing the clock at the end of games, you know, so in the second half, so he had work early in the season as well. But it's really, again, what he did in the passing game is where he exploded when Edmonds was gone. Sure. And not only, he was great as a receiver. 10.1 yards per catch is tremendous for a running back. And it's not like he had some big, fluky plays that really boosted that. He was just consistently good as a receiver. You also have one easier opponent with Bobby Wagner not there for Seattle. So his running opportunities should be somewhat better in those two games. Sure. Actually, that's a great point because... They had a pretty tough schedule facing the Niners, Seahawks, and Rams. Those three run defenses were really good. And and you look at it, uh, he played Seattle twice. I think he, he didn't miss those two games. And that was three and a half yards per carry in week 18 and three yards per carry in week 11. He was bad per carry almost every game. They had a good, he had five games where he was over four yards per carry. But he did have a tough schedule. Uh, yes, yeah, so that should be noted. It's unlikely that the Rams, Seahawks, and 49ers will all be as good. I, I think they were all in the top four against in yards per carry allowed to running backs. So it was pretty brutal. All right, let's do some more news and notes. So, <laughs> hey, Deshaun Watson, we have not talked about this. Deshaun Watson is not going to face criminal charges. There are a bunch of teams that are interested. Oh, Seattle. Oh, how exciting would that be? Dave, where do you want to see Deshaun Watson go? Oh, wait, 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 wait. I hold on. I have, to do, I have to do my thing here. Oh, you're I funny. am not endorsing anything that he did at all. I am strictly talking fantasy. You know right. me. I take a hard stance against these types of things. I'm done with that. Like, it's been a year. I ju- Let's just talk fantasy. I don't mean to trivialize anything. We have, I have a ton of sensitivity for, or I, a ton of, uh, you know, I, it's a very sensitive subject, and I have a ton of respect for these women, and I hope their story gets told. I truly believe that. So this is not about that. This is strictly about fantasy. He has been a top five quarterback, basically. Um, and he's going to he's most likely going to play this year. So it's it's big news. Dave, where do you want to see Deshaun Watson go? And to that end, he could still face a suspension for these incidents that have happened. We've seen that before for big time quarterbacks as well. It could miss four games, half the season, anywhere in between. I would love Seattle. If if he went to Seattle and he's got DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett to throw to, uh, I think that would instantly improve the fantasy fortunes of both of those receivers. I think it would help Noah Fant as well. And I, I think that Watson would easily be back in the top six fantasy quarterback conversation, provided that he does end up not getting a suspension somehow, if that were the case. Jamie, would you rather, for Lockett and Metcalf, would you rather them have Russell Wilson or Deshaun, or Deshaun Watson? Well, they're not getting Russell Wilson, so I, I, guess I know. But would, would it be an um, upgrade or a downgrade if they had Watson? I mean, I, I guess you probably say it's a, it's somewhat of a wash. You know, just you, you're hoping that Watson, despite the year off, despite all the personal you know situation that he's been dealing with, I don't want to you know off field issues he's been dealing with, that his game is not impacted and he can still get those guys the, the football. I, I think though, at this point, you know, you just follow the news and and the two teams that are 
in the you know have the most interest in him, New Orleans and Carolina. Uh, I would probably say I'd like to see him in Carolina, um, but it's probably the same fantasy value for both because you know you're looking at pass catching running back, you're looking at one really good wide receiver, you're looking at depending on what these offensive lines look like if Armstead leaves. Uh, slight edge to the Saints, but you know, still not great situations. Um, obviously, same division, so it's kind of a wash. But uh, I, I think I had a, if I have a slight lean, I'd probably go Carolina just because I like to see what you could do with McCaffrey and DJ Moore, and mostly bring out the best of DJ Moore because that's something I've been waiting to see for three years now, four years now. Um, so that would be my my preferred destination of the two teams that are meeting with him to you know possibly swing a trade. If Deshaun Watson went to the Carolina Panthers, would DJ Moore be a top 12 wide receiver? He's not far off now. So, you know, depending on, you know, comparing him to the the Bucks guys, if Godwin's not right, and, you know, uh, Jalen Waddell and T. Higgins, he's in that mix, you know. So I'll say top 15. I'd rather have him than Deontay Johnson, for example. They're close right now. Yep. I'd move him maybe as high as 14 in PPR. Yeah. If you look at what Will Fuller did, Two years ago, it was he was a top. I think he was number eight per game, and that's and obviously Hopkins. Is DJ Moore taking the same stuff Fuller took? <laughs> oh, he was I, I born thought, with I it. Thought meant, I thought he you was meant, born with it. He doesn't need it. I thought you meant targets, like like <laughs> downfield targets. Uh, yeah, I, I, maybe, but obviously Deshaun Watson has a history of producing truly elite fantasy wide receivers. Uh, Will Fuller, I don't have it on me, but. I believe he was. Top. He was amazing. He was. He was amazing that year. DeAndre he Hopkins obviously was fantastic. He was eight. Yeah, and Hopkins obviously has been. The 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 concern would be, and I guess it goes to either of the two running backs, where you know the, those two teams. You know, he doesn't throw to his backs as much. So you have McCaffrey and Kamara in those two scenarios. You might have to be a little bit concerned, but I can't imagine that those two guys are getting shut out in any capacity. So it's not like it's uh, you know, David Johnson or whoever he had this final year in in Houston. Breaking news: Matt Olson to the Braves. Unless you're going to go Colt McCoy to uh, stay with the Cardinals. Uh, you didn't um, play the breaking like news music. Like. Oh, breaking porn music. Breaking porn news. Yeah, I got to get <laughs> where? Where is it? I always forget what, it, what I call it. I should just call it porn. Jamie, no, we've had Matt that. Olson on our teams before, right? We have. He was a uh, big part of the Merman. Yeah, I guess Freddie Freeman's not going to be back. Okay, more news. Trubisky, two-year deal with the Steelers. Kirk Cousins, one-year extension with the Vikings for $35 million. That's another and one. He should... When he retires, oh, more wide receiver news. He should be an agent. What? No, his his agent's awesome. Well, they've played this very well. He's made a lot of money. He, he's made over two hundred million in the NFL. Not yeah, bad. For, and all, it's for, always guaranteed. Okay. It's all like fully guaranteed. Uh, what else we got, Jamie? Uh, Cedric Wilson or Sed Wilson is about to sign with guess the team. Dallas Cowboys. No. Ooh. The Jaguars. No. <laughs> But you're the close. Chargers. No. Texans. Dolphins. Colts. Dolphins. Three-year Dolphins. deal, according to Jonathan Jones of CBS Sports. Uh, okay. Is that, uh. Does that matter? Said Wilson to the Dolphins. Um, does it matter? I don't like it for Tua. like it for Waddle. like it for Edmonds. Okay. You, you like it like for... like it for Gusecki. Why do you like it for them? Because he's not a threat? Well, I mean, it's more target opportunities for guys that I think are better players. I don't think Said Wilson comes in and necessarily is... Huge upgrade. Yeah, he finished strong. He had, uh, I could say, his last two games. Yeah, 119 yards and two touchdowns in Week 18 against Philadelphia's backups, and then he did have 10 targets, 62 yards in the postseason. 
against the 49ers. Uh, more news. Let's see. Running back news, you know, about Connor and Edmonds. Tariq Cohen, the Bears released him. They signed Darrington Evans off waivers, and the Jaguars released Carlos Hyde. There's not much there. Wide receivers Devontae Adams reportedly will not play on the franchise tag, so hopefully they can sign him. That's Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah, right? Can't rule out a holdout. Philadelphia was close Still to acquiring play. Calvin Ridley. The Eagles seem to really want a wide receiver. There was a lot of, um, oh, we let Kirk get away chatter. Right, and for a team that had the fewest pass attempts in football last year, if you like Devontae Smith and they're looking to add a receiver, they almost certainly will not have the fewest pass attempts in football, but it'll be interesting. We'll, we'll talk about it when it happens. The Giants reworked Sterling Shepard's contract. Coming off a torn Achilles. You saw the Shepard research you did. You know, I don't have it from two year, from last year, but I believe he has averaged, when he has played, not left the game with injury, which is rare because he always does that. He has averaged five catches per game when he's had Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones and a healthy Sterling Shepard is five catches per game. Last year, it was seven catches per game. Only three games where they played together that Shepard didn't leave with injury. But the point is, Daniel Jones loves Sterling Shepard, throws to him all the time, and Shepard gets a lot of catches. So it's a big risk coming off the Achilles injury late in the year. But it's just numbers to know. It happens. Well, I mean, you know, you have no Evan Ingram. And now you have hopefully more from Tony and hopefully more from Galladay. So Shepard coming off an injury doesn't feel like it's a very good bet as a fantasy manager. By the way, um, next time you speak to Heath, you could tell him that Daniel Jones is a free agent winner because <laughs> Trubisky is not there. And Trubisky said he was deciding between the Steelers and the Giants. So perhaps he felt Mason Rudolph was easier to beat out than Daniel Jones. The Bills re-signed wide receivers Jake Kumaro and Isaiah McKenzie. So are you There's guys something there? Yeah, what do you think it's going to be with McKenzie? I assume, right? Yeah, yeah, not with Cooper. If Beasley's gone, if if Beasley's gone, right? But usually, when a player gets permission to seek a trade, I feel like it's rare when they come back. And we saw McKenzie play in the slot the one game last year. No Cole Beasley. Don't know if he's going to get it by the time training camp comes around. He could still be their specialist on kick returns, but maybe there's a chance. Definitely worth for now a late-round pick in best ball. <laughs> 11 catches, 125 yards, and a touchdown on 12 targets at New England. Kadarius Tony-esque. Yeah. Was that also, I think we talked about this last week, no Gabriel Davis in that game? I, don't uh, I believe it was the game that they both missed. Right, so it was the New England game, and yeah, no Gabriel Davis and no Cole Beasley in that game, and McKenzie was awesome. So that's the wide receiver news. The oh, the Browns. There was, there was some talk though when Landry. Landry was released that Buffalo is a destination for him. Right, that would go ahead and kill anything with Isaiah McKenzie. Well, oh, if Buffalo's the the destination, right? If Buffalo for Landry. gets Jarvis Landry, Landry, like that's his role now. He's got to be a, you know, good slot receiver. The special has that ever not been his role. I think they've tried to get him outside a little bit more over the course of his career, and it's been eh. It's he, he's he's going to a contender. I mean, Kansas City, yeah. Buffalo, you know, he's not going. He obviously wants to get paid, but he's not going to Jacksonville. He's not going to Atlanta. You know, he's going to go try and win a ring. He saw his buddy do it. And the Jets re-signed Braxton Berrios to a two-year, $12 million deal. He'll be returning kicks and punts for them, most likely, or at least punts. Dallas released Blake Jarwin. That's our tight end news. Mm. <laughs> no, Will Disley. It was a surprise signing. 
Who signed Will Disley? The Cowboys? The Seahawks. What is they, got a, they signed oh. him to a three-year, $24 million deal, which makes little what? sense. after. Yeah, after trading for well, Noah Fant. Yeah, so Fant is their move tight end, and Disley is their blocker. Is he that good of a blocker that he should sign a three-year, $24 million I mean, there's deal. some speculation I that, don't you know, Fant is now part of another package to get Deshaun Watson, mm. if that's something that they want to do. But it just it doesn't make sense. That one I didn't understand. There was talk before the trade that Seattle wanted a third receiver and someone who could stretch the field. And maybe they think that Fant can be that guy. Sure. And maybe they think of him more as a number three receiver than a number one tight end. So the Wilson deal is official. Uh, three years, $22.8 million, $12.7 million guaranteed. Who is this? Cedric Wilson. Oh, okay. That's pretty cheap for Russell Wilson. Offensive line. I don't know if there's any teams that really jump out at you in terms of upgrading or downgrading. Uh, yeah, I, I was about to say. Other and the Jets. Than, we already other talked than about the that. Bengals and the Jets, so we talked about the top of the show. Uh, the I Jaguars. Think Brandon Scherf is a huge deal for the, for the Jaguars. Upgrade, yes. Yeah. Interesting that the Rams gave a lot of money to Joe Noteboom. Three years, $47.5 million. And Brian Allen also resigned too. Yeah, and Noteboom yep. wasn't even Good a starter. Rams. So, you know, they're, they're holding. What did you say? I'm sorry. Noteboom wasn't even a starter. Well, he did start when Whit, uh, Whitworth missed time, yeah. and if he's officially retiring, then he could be their left tackle. Philadelphia getting Jason Kelsey back—that was also a pretty big deal. Starting and center. Ryan Jensen coming back too. Ryan Jensen for the Bucks. Yeah, the the follow up news for the Brady resign Brady coming back was not only Jensen, but Ali Marpet saying he's still going to be retired. So now the Bucks are down their two starting guards from last year. So that's something to keep an eye on. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure that they'll they'll backfill that, but you know, you lose one of the best in Marpet and obviously the kid that went to Cincinnati is no slouch. And on defense, hey, Khalil Mack is going to the Chargers for a second round pick and a sixth round pick. 2022 second, 2023 sixth round pick from the Chargers to get Khalil Mack. The Bears signed Larry yeah, get Joby, Jackson too. Defensive tackle for um Formerly of the Bengals. He's now on the Bears. There's a lot of stuff here. Whatever. You probably don't care. Okay, that's it. I mean, that's it. Yeah. Much Not more. bad for the first few hours of free agency. It was boring. Oh, it wasn't boring. Yeah, it was a little boring, I guess. Okay, well. I mean, once we got past Connor and Edmonds and Kirk, what else has there been that's really... Uh, uh, Trubisky, Trubisky, yay. yeah. <laughs> there still are some some... Fairly big it, names it was going to be hard to top last week when you have yeah. those three, those four quarterback moves that happened. You know, it was and and franchise tag day. It was going to be really difficult to top that. Um, there will be I did something, speak to Portland something Sutton today. Oh yeah, he talked to Sutton. Uh, he uh, first off, uh, he he's already said Russell Wilson's organizing a throwing group with the receivers. Um, he was so excited. For the opportunity, he's like, I asked him, you know, did you watch a lot of, you know, have you watched a lot of Metcalf and, and Lockett just to see what those guys do? He's like, it's hard not to, you know, see Russ because he's always on TV. And so, you know, when he wasn't playing, he would watch. He's like, the throws that he's been begging for, the back shoulder fades, the the uh, plays in the back of the end zone, you know, throws that the quarterbacks he's played with hasn't haven't been able to make. And he was very complimentary of, you know, the group that he's played with. Understandably so. He's not going to be disrespectful. But... Um, you know, he, he's just excited to just do those different things that Wilson is going to allow him to do. Uh, I asked him about the other guys in the room and he's like, 
you guys have not seen what Jerry Judy is capable of yet. And clearly, again, he's going to be complimentary mm-hmm. of, his, of his players. He's like, Jerry does things that he's never seen a receiver do. And he's like, he's just, he's just waiting for to see that potential unlocked. Um, he was so happy for Tim Patrick getting the contract extension that he got because of the route that he's taken to, you know, become the player that he is in the NFL. And the fun things that he said, he was the three players that I was like, just, you know, cause I knew he'd say good things about those guys, but um, he's like, if you like Russell throwing to Tyler Lockett, wait until he throws to four, two KJ or four, three KJ Hamler, um, <laughs> you know, with that speed. So we'll see what that means, but you know, it's obviously not somebody you're going to draft in fantasy, uh, but he was, Really, really excited for Javante Williams and Alberto, you know, and and those two guys getting the opportunity to showcase, you know, themselves as well. Uh, he said, you know, Alberto, the things that he does at his size and speed, you know, he said he's the best kept secret in the NFL, and the league is now going to see what he's capable of doing without Noah Fant there. And then Javante, he said, like there'll be times he, he referenced the Dallas game. There was, he said, he was blocking for him. He looked back. There were four defenders around him. He was like, okay, he's going down. He said he let off his block a little bit. He turned around. And then there's Javante dragging a guy um, for another two yards, and he had to re-engage his, uh, his his defender again. So, you know, it's just fun conversation. He's excited about Nathaniel Hackett. I mean, again, obviously everything's going to be positive. He's not going to say anything negative about it. But it was a fun conversation. I'll write it up. I'll be on the site um, in the next couple of days. And uh, um, probably got a future in broadcasting. Very, very well-spoken young man. In all seriousness, I mean, they've really built a good roster. And they had one of the best defenses in football last year. Don't know if how much of that was Fangio, but they, they're really uh, an interesting team, probably a contender. And it just, you have a quarterback, it just makes everybody look so much better. It was, uh, it was, it was funny to hear. I, so I asked him, you know, where, where were you and how did you experience the news of, of Russell's trade? And he said he was with his girlfriend somewhere. And uh, in that, his girlfriend in Nashville, she was doing something for work. I don't know exactly what she does. Um, but he said he was country he was taking, music singer. Huh? <laughs> She's music. a country music singer. Okay. Um, yeah, he's joking. Yeah, he's in Nashville. Well, maybe, maybe she is. Maybe. That's what maybe. people do in Nashville. They say. Be a model. Who knows? I'm gonna look at. Um, so he said he he was taking a nap, and he said all of a sudden he started his phone started blowing up. He's like he looked at it for a second. He just saw like a bunch of texts coming in, and he was he said he was really tired, so he put it on mute. And he said then his girlfriend started calling him, and so he finally answered. And he was like, "You got Russ." And he's like. What do you mean? You got Russell Wilson. So he said, he's like, you know, Broncos country was uh, upset that, you know, they didn't get Rodgers at first. But he's like, just the response that he's heard from, you know, just the the, the signing has been overwhelming. So uh, obviously very excited about the situation. Okay. I can't really pull up anything interesting on his girlfriend here. Uh, sure Dolphins made another move today. Jeez, trying to talk about important things here. All right, well, who? What? Are you- now that they signed Chase Edmonds and said Wilson, they now have a new quarterback on their roster. Teddy Bridgewater. Oh, that's oh coming home. All right. That's a good backup. Maybe he'll be a starter at some point. We'll see. Thanks to Dave and Jamie. Remember, uh, breaking news, you'll hear from us. We'll have a show every day to kind of recap things. I don't, honestly don't know what time tomorrow's show will be. I think it's going to be in the afternoon again. But uh, what is happening over there, Dave? <laughs> What happened? Okay, I think Dave hit candy in a helmet and now he's taking it. Uh, we are out of here. Thanks for watching and listening. Talk to you tomorrow on Fantasy Football Today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can conquer it. 
I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.